Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. All right, in a city in Portugal yesterday. The streets literally ran red. There was a flood, I mean, an actual flood, you can watch the videos online, of red wine. Mm -hmm. Cascades of red wine flood a city streets in Portugal after huge tanks rupture at local distillery. That's right. That's right. Uh, in, uh, in, In a town, the name of which I will not seek to mispronounce on air, small town, millions of liters of wine, some 600,000 gallons. That's a lot of wine, right? Actually, let me be more exact here. 481,000 gallons, in case you were counting. Good wine, by the way. Really good wine, according to some. So uh, there's a video online. It's showing this river of wine coursing down a hilly street, Um, sluicing over the curbs, red wine, dark red wine. I mean, you know, that's going to leave a stain for sure. Why bring this up this morning? Because you know what? There's a headline hook for everything. There's a headline hook for every verse of scripture. So if you were thinking today, what will Carmen's conversation be about today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day in which your vats will overflow with good wine? Well, I have found a town in Portugal where the vats ruptured yesterday and the city streets run with red wine. So, you know, lay down the gauntlet of challenge any morning of the week. Uh, I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen. And your Growing Your Faith verse of the day comes from Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. By the way, like only the Lord could have known that there would have been this headline hook today. Like only the Lord could deliver such a story for me to share with you in view of Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Uh, The point of the passage is not the wine. The point of the passage is not uh, the overflowing nature of, um, uh, of what happened in this town in Portugal. No, the point of the passage is the encouragement to honor the Lord with your wealth. If your barns are full, if your vats are overflowing with good wine, honor the Lord with your wealth. Um, Give the Lord his due, the best part of everything that you produce. We certainly know from the very teaching of Jesus, the point is not about having barns that are full. Remember the parable of the rich young fool? It's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Um, And... and, uh, there's uh, this conversation about inheritance and the division of the assets of of a uh, of a parent and um Jesus says um keep you know keep yourselves from coveting like your your life does not consist in the abundance of the things that you possess and uh and he goes on to say you know that the ground of a certain man brought forth abundantly and he reasoned with himself well you know 
What am I going to do with all of this? I don't even have room to store it all. And so he tore down his barns and built bigger ones. And there he stored his grain and all his goods and said uh, to himself, you know, you've got, you've got what you need laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And, but God said, you fool, you fool. Tonight your soul is required of you. Tonight your soul is required of you. What, what? Lay up for yourself uh, treasures in heaven. So um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, certainly this passage from Proverbs chapter 3 isn't about having barns that are full of grain or vats that are overflowing with good wine. It is about uh, the stewardship of the wealth God has placed under our management. Um, and so um, let's give God the best part of everything that we produce. Coming up next, our friend Daryl Crouch is going to join us. We're going to talk about this day and that day. Um, this day and that day. Martin Luther uh, said once, there are only two days on my calendar, this day and that day. What are you doing with this day in light of that day? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Daryl Crouch is back. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. Good morning, Daryl. Well, good morning, Carmen. How are you? Oh, I'm well. I'm well. Jim's taken off today on his annual elk hunting trip. And so uh, it's always, you know, days of preparation, getting ready. And then, and then, you know, we miss each other when we're apart. But it's, um, yeah. it's good. It's good for his, uh, it's good for his spirit. It's good for his soul. And sometimes it's, Although very expensive uh, grocery trip, sometimes it's a really good, you know, grocery trip. It is. That's wonderful. It's a, I guess he goes out West. He does. He goes to Colorado. Um, yep. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a bow hunt. So he views that as more fair. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's a, that's a beautiful <laughs> part of the world. It is. It is. Um, I would like to talk about this day in light of that day. So Martin Luther uh, once said, there are two days on my calendar, this day and that day. Can you um, unpack that a little bit for us? Well, I appreciate that. And um, Martin Luther certainly uh, had a lot of uh, good things to say and uh, profound things that are um, maybe difficult for some of us to unpack sometimes. But this is th this is uh, really important for all of us. And uh, I think there's a couple of things, at least in my mind, as I was kind of uh, processing this and thinking through it. Um, I think sometimes we have a romantic notion of yesterday mm. or of, of years gone by, days gone by, the good old days, we might say. And, um, uh, and I, I think uh, what, what's real and what, what's really helpful for me is to know that th those days were formative for me, but no less formative than today. And that if I continue to reach back to yesterday, I'll probably miss what God has for me today. And so uh, sometimes we don't realize in the moment, in this day, um, how important it is and what God wants to do in us today. And certainly yesterday may have been great. In our formative years, let's say, as if uh, I'm, I'm uh, not a young man anymore, so I can look back on the days when I was a young teenager or a young adult and the people I met and the experiences I had were so formative in setting the trajectory of my life. 
but <clears throat> but I have children and I have friends and I have um, you know neighbors who are in those formative days today, and so um, th- these are these are important days for all of us. And I'll look back, I think, on this day a few years from now and think God was doing such a good work in my life. So I think it's important for us to live in the present and to, for us to really um, be um, absolutely sure that this is the day the Lord has made. And uh, we can rejoice in this day, uh, not just yesterday or some other days. I also think, Carmen, that this day is filled with trouble. And, mm. and uh, sometimes we, we, um, we, we want, because of that trouble, to minimize it's important and kind of get to the next day. And uh, we're looking forward to a vacation or we're looking forward um, to a day off. Or I hear this a lot. We're living for the weekend. Well, what a terrible way to live. Uh, today is the day that the Lord has made. So I think to seize this moment. But we do live today. And I think Luther's um, one of Luther's important, you know, I think points is to we live this day in light of eternity. And that this day, it matters in eternity. It's not simply um, an opportunity for me to grow. It's not simply an opportunity for me to uh, invest my time or money or energy uh, well so that maybe uh, tomorrow will be better. Uh, This day uh, is an investment and a deposit in eternity. And it's shaping... um, that it not only shapes the trajectory of my life, but it um, uh, it matters in, in terms of uh, how Jesus is building his kingdom. And so some of us uh, live in very obscure lives. We do mundane things. We clean the house or we uh, take the kids to school. Um, we um, work a spreadsheet all day in a cubicle. And we're really not sure if what we do makes any difference. Um, and I, I think the encouragement I would give is that um, it makes a world of difference. It makes all the difference in eternity. Uh, the last thing I'd say just as we get started here is that uh, that day uh, means there's hope today. Mm-hmm. And so um, that day is, is a day filled with hope and fulfillment of all that God has promised. And he is moving history towards uh a final conclusion. He is restoring all things to himself. And so we can live this day with hope that there is a day coming that all will be made right. And that, as they've said now, you know, we hear so much, uh, everything that is sad will be um, made untrue. And um, we we can live with a hopefulness. So uh, those are some things that have been on my on my heart and head over the last few uh, couple of days as we've prepared for this conversation. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118, verse 24. Maybe um, maybe you hear that as a song, um, as much as a scripture verse. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will rejoice and be glad in it and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing in it. We're also looking at this day in light of that day, because one day will be the day of the Lord. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen.
Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com, and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. We're talking with our friend Daryl Crouch from Everyone's Wilson. You can visit with Daryl online at everyoneswilson.org. We're talking about living this day in light of that day. It's actually going to be the theme of our fall fundraiser. So this is um, part of my preparation by having conversations with friends who I love and trust to um, bring wisdom and, um, and insight to bear on the Word of God. And so what is the Lord's day? Which day is the Lord's day? How are you living today as the Lord's day or as unto the Lord? And and then what is the day of the Lord, that day that is coming one day? And how do we live this day in light of that day, the day that is coming, the day of the Lord? So all of that is wound up in this conversation today. So, um, so Daryl, when we think about the Lord's day, most of us probably think about Sunday. Um, but but every day is a day that's designed to be, or I'm called to live as unto the Lord, and that is um, different than or distinguished from the day of the Lord that is a day that is yet coming upon which he will come. Do I have that about right? You do. I think we, um, the, these days, this day is really important and we can leverage it for eternity and the Lord has given it to us. I think that's one thing that, um, uh, is important to me, um, as I begin my day, and I know you you begin also very devotionally, and and you're in the Bible, and we're in prayer, and um, uh, but this day is a steward of trust that God has given to us, hmm. and so um, honoring the Lord begins with honoring the time that He's given to us, and so um, I think um, we're not just trying to get through the day. Um, this is an opportunity that we have, but it is, to your point, um, uh, a deposit or um, it's a it's a place from which we can look to the day of the Lord that is coming, that there is there is coming a day that all will be made right, that the Lord will restore. He will come and receive his church and uh, he will restore all things to himself. And I think um, that changes the way I live today. Um, I, I think, uh, Carmen, and I don't know, there's a balance here. There's a tension, maybe that's a better word. Uh, we, we understand that evil is real and that the enemy is on the prowl and that there are world fo- forces of darkness that are in play and are affecting uh, so many of the social structures in our, in our nation, in our, in, our, in our world, whether that's government or education or whatever it may be. Um, but believers, we we have a 
first of all, we have the deposit of the Holy Spirit who has sealed us until the day of redemption, until that day. So we are secure in him. And also we know where this is going. And um, I think it's a charge to us to live with a holy optimism, not a not not a naivety. Again, we understand what's in play, but I think um, sometimes believers live with a defeatism. I mean, a, a lot of folks that call Jesus Lord who who live with a sense of defeat and despair, and everything's going bad. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. That thing, that sort of thing. And um, the the reality is, there's never been a better time in the history of the world to live for Jesus sake. And um, these are important days and to uh, grab onto them with a holy optimism, I think is important for all of us. I have a nine-year-old granddaughter and periodically she will describe a day as the best day ever. Best Mm -hmm. day ever. This is the best day ever. That's great. And, you know, and it's because something happened on that day that she particularly enjoyed and, um, mm-hmm. and was grateful for. It comes from, uh, it doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from um, SpongeBob SquarePants, <clears throat> just so that you know the, the reference here. And Everything so, can be redeemed, yeah. Right. And so, but every time she says it, I'm like thinking to myself, is this the teachable moment? Like, is this, is this the teachable moment to say, yeah. um, you know, there really was a best day ever and there really is a best day ever yet coming. And Jesus is the centerpiece of both of those days, the best day ever, which certainly looked like the worst day ever. Um, You know, and I guess I could connect that to the incarnation. I could connect it to the birth of Jesus. I could certainly connect it to uh, the death of Jesus on the cross. I could connect it to the resurrection of Jesus. But I also must, if I'm honest, connect it with the reality that he's coming again. And that's going to be the best day ever. Um, from the perspective of those who who know him, um, mm-hmm. it is not going to be received as the best day ever for those who do not. Um, mm-hmm. There is a there is a perspective on all of this that is completely dependent on your view of Jesus and your relationship mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, there's a the, this day is the day to prepare. It, it is a day of preparation, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it is a day for those. Who are not in Christ? To um, you know, th- today is the day of salvation. Th- this is this is the day. Um, also, for those who of us are, of us who are in Christ, to prepare for His coming. Um, we don't want to be found unfaithful when He returns. We we don't want to be found having to explain some things that have been uh, sideways uh, for a day or a generation, for that matter. Uh, we we want to live lives that are repentant. Um, that live lives that are holy, uh, live lives that are yielded to the Spirit of God. Uh, it would, uh, and and I know this isn't uh, a little bit of hyperbole, but you, you know, it, we don't want there to be a big transition for us from this mm-hmm. day to that day. We want to bow to Jesus as Lord today, just as we will on that day. We we want to honor Him as Lord today. We want to be found faithful today, just as we will on that day. And so it is a day of preparation. It's a day of grace that he's given us to uh, to know him and to, uh, you, you know, uh, walk in communion with him. 
the intimacy of John 15, the vine and the branch relationship. And so um, I think uh, that is an important reminder for us that um, today is um, can be the greatest day ever, in ter- your, your granddaughter's point, in terms of a signpost to the actual greatest day. Like today is a signpost, but it, it, it's also a day of schooling that we prepare for uh, his coming. That's so good. That's so good. Um, thank you for um, doing my homework for me and uh, letting me, you know, like cheat off your paper today. But um, I'm going to uh, use all good. of this in our fall fundraiser, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So um, thank you, Daryl, as always. Love, such a gift. I love that. I love that. That's good preparation. You're you're a smart lady. Yeah, it's such a gift. It's such a gift. That's Daryl Crouch. You can find him at everyoneswilson.org. He's also got a Substack where he posts blogs from time to time, darylcrouch.substack.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Well, in an effort to keep you abreast of what is happening uh, in the news headlines of the day, yesterday was um, a this day that will change some of the that days which are now ahead. So yesterday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, launched an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Um, There is a claim that there is evidence of phone calls and money transfers that suggest a, quote, culture of corruption in Joe Biden's family. Uh, The inquiry uh, is called um, by some a logical next step and by others an extreme an extreme of politics at its worst. So that will not surprise you that there are differing viewpoints of what took place yesterday. Uh, and it is going to have certainly an unfolding impact and, and uh, not only on uh, the politics of the day, but on the future before us. Um, we are in the midst of, as you know, a presidential campaign cycle. And so uh, all of that is is wound up together. There are obviously also ongoing Um, challenges faced by the former president uh, and um, a number of legal cases unfolding in the midst of uh, also the campaign calendar. And so um, much to um, much to be concerned with there. And and yet I would say there's a um, there's a long time between now and November of 2024. And uh, and so maybe let's not be consumed with all of that and instead let's uh let's allow the holy spirit to be a consuming fire in our lives let's apply the mind of christ to the matters of our day let's walk by faith let's recognize that this is the day the lord has made and he has given it as a gift to each of us that we might be found faithful in the midst of it so um let's not just be busy with the busyness of life or let's not be busy with things that um are are far outside of uh, you know our our personal influence Let's instead be busy with the kingdom advancing work that God has entrusted to us. Uh, let us glorify him and let us introduce others to him that they too might uh, be saved. Our friend Mark Terman is going to join us next from the Denison Forum. We're going to uh, talk about being a good citizen of both heaven and the nation in which you live. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, our friend Mark Terman is back. He's the executive director of the Denison Forum. You can 
find what we're talking about today at denisonforum.org. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Carmen. Great to be with you. Well, it's wonderful to talk with you. So one of the things that uh, that you do at the Denison Forum is um, uh, is participate in in lots of the podcasts. I want to talk about um, one of those uh, today, and it it features um, Jim Denison. And so um, it's a conversation about citizenship, and it's a conversation about the political season in which we're in and the intersection of faith and hope and love and politics and government and power. So could you just take us into this conversation? What's the motivation for it? Maybe what are some things you learned in the midst of this conversation with Jim? Yeah, I would love to. It's obviously a very big topic, important topic for Christians. And uh, we know in a very unique way for several reasons that we could talk about that politics has become particularly divisive and in many ways destructive in people's lives. Uh, We could even talk about, as we did in this podcast, how uh, politics has seemingly become one of the faces of secular religion that's replaced biblical faith. And in that way is functioning in some way as an, an idol for many people in our country. Uh, they've hooked their hopes to it in a way that is improper and unbiblical. Uh, but we want to try to speak redemptively, be grateful for uh, the place where we live, the country where we live, the democratic system that we get to be a part of. But we want to do that in ways that are informed and shaped by our understanding of Christ and what the Bible teaches us. Uh, that human governments are a gift from God. Uh, They are institutions that he created for the common good, but we have to understand their limits, and we have to understand how God is calling us to participate as redemptive Christians trying to work with him and with each other for uh, what is best and for what is God-honoring and what is good for people. Um, But we have to learn how to do that without expecting too much from the government and and idolatrizing it to the in a way that takes away from the sovereignty and and activity of God. I think the um, the idea that God cares about politics maybe is not a strange thought to people. The idea that God is engaged through the engagement of His people by the power of His Holy Spirit um, unfolding an eternal sovereign will in the midst of um, what's happening in the here and now. When we look at, when we actually like just look at or listen to the political discourse of our day, um, we might be tempted to say to ourselves, surely God is (laughs) not concerning himself (laughs) with this mess. But God is concerned with the mess and the messiness and the individuals involved and the way that we talk with one another and the way that we talk about one another and the way that we work out our differences in community. Like, God is concerned. Oh, absolutely. And he's concerned because he's concerned about everything that is engaged and involved in all of our lives. He cares about us, so therefore he cares about this. Uh, And he wants to give us an understanding of how to live in community together Uh, with each other, even when we don't believe the same way uh, about him. He still wants us to live uh, peaceable lives. The Bible says that that ought to be our ambition, to live quiet and peaceable lives with each other. And the Bible basically assumes that 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 means that not everybody in the community is going to believe and trust in God the way the Bible calls us to. 
And so how do we operate in those environments knowing, as Paul said to the Philippians, the Philippian letter may be one of the best examples of how to learn from this because Philippi was a particularly unique kind of city. It had a unique political status within the Roman Empire, and it had a lot of autonomy as a community. And yet Paul says to them uh, this very great phrase, you are citizens of heaven. You're both citizens of Philippi, but you're citizens of heaven most and, and, and most significantly. And so operate as if you are living in that higher environment and with that greater allegiance to Christ. And then out of that understanding and awareness, build this temporary human community that God has placed you in and be the salt and light, the redemptive influence that God wants you to be on his behalf so that, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, through your good works, they will see the God in heaven who who created all things, who loves everyone, and who sent Christ to redeem us through the power of his cross and his grace. Uh, we have enormous opportunity in that, and one of those platforms, one of those opportunities is in the environment of our civil lives together, our politics together, how we operate as people of grace and truth and love and patience and all the other fruits of the Spirit are our opportunity to reflect and shine the light on the presence of God that people need to know. Grace, truth, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, um, faithfulness, self-control. What if those were the characteristics that marked us um, in the conversations of the day. I mean, I mean, how how might our political discourse be transformed if Christians actually behaved that way in um, in the conversations of the day? Yeah, I think it would just be light in the darkness um, mm-hmm. because. It's become so uh, rancorous, so divisive, and even down to the level of close friends and family members, uh, we now uh, have many people uh, going into the holiday season in a few months uh, wondering, well, how is it going to go around the Thanksgiving dinner table this time? And then you hear stories about how you know families will have a text thread going and the whole conversation is about politics. And then someone in the fi- family finds out that there is actually a second text thread that they're not a part of because uh, you know an inner group within the family has decided that they don't align politically in the right way. And you find out that it's just dividing families in a way that we really haven't seen uh, in our recent history, at least. And uh, yes, our our country has always had a lot of different views and a lot of different political opinions, but not to the point where uh, one side was considered completely evil by the other side. And that's created a tribalism and uh, a, a sense of animosity that is really destroying families and destroying friendships at an alarming rate. And if we could turn that away by asking God to fill us with his spirit every day and in every conversation and in every endeavor, including our civil life, I think it would be light in the darkness for where we are right now. We're talking with Mark Turman. He's the executive director of Denison Forum. One of the recent podcasts posted at denisonforum.org is called Being a Good Citizen of Both Heaven and the Nation. It's a conversation uh, between Mark and uh, and Jim Dennison, 
Um, uh, and one of the things that Jim talks about in here, and he talks about it at length, it's a it's a fairly like long uh, portion of the conversation, is, is politics our new national religion? Can you talk with us about the need to distinguish um because we could we could live under any sort of or in the midst of any sort of political system and be a Christian. Um, but when your politics becomes your religion, your Christianity, um, well, is diminished, eroded, um, placed in the back seat. I mean, I don't, I don't, sidelined. I don't know how to think about that. So can you can you help us with this? What what is um, what does it look like? Um, for politics to become religion, and are we there in America? Yeah, I think in some ways we are. Uh, what one recent writer called democratism, uh, which is the idea of taking our form of government, which we're grateful for, democracy, uh, is one of the greatest systems of civil government ever created by human beings. And you're right, Christians have lived and can live under a number of different political systems, and history has shown that Christians have done that. Uh, But we would say, and I think rightly say, that democracy among all the different systems is the best of all alternatives. Not perfect, but but the best of all alternatives that uh, has been created to this point. But uh, democratism becomes this replacement religion, uh, and I think that's what happens with people when they get uh, overly focused in the workings of politics and of government. And the idea of an of an idol is, is I start relating to something that is not God in a way as if it were God. I start asking, seeking, and desiring things from that idea or from that thing that should be directed in my relationship and, and engagement with God. And that's what seems to be happening in many ways. You just look at the passion that people have uh, for things that uh, are political in nature for their party, for their candidates. And what seems to be happening is is that they're moving in directions of actual allegiance, loyalty, and worship, asking, hoping, and even expecting from either their party, from that platform, or, or from particular candidates that they're going to, to do what they want, what they want for their lives, and they're asking, they're asking things of the political process and candidates that only God can actually provide, or that God would not provide because it would be bad for that person or for a community. Um, and so, you know, as uh, Frederick Nietzsche said years ago, centuries ago, our will to power is at the very core of our sinful brokenness, and. What in many ways we're trying to do from our politics is we're trying to gain power for ourselves or for our group without concern for anyone else. And we're wanting our politics or our candidate to do that for us. We want that uh, we want that party, that that person to manipulate things on our behalf to create our interests rather than pursuing the kingdom of God and living under his desires and his agenda. I know there's a lot of folks um, thinking uh, thinking right now um, that you and I are naive and um, and that 
that the that the right way to be thinking about these things is a poli- is aligned with a poli- particular political expression in the United States of America in this moment. So if you're thinking that and you want to text me, you're welcome to do that. 877-933-2484. We're going to continue our conversation with Mark here in just a moment. We're going to pivot conversations. This is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. It's Suicide Prevention Month. Um, And we're going to talk about another conversation that Mark had recently on a Denison Forum podcast uh, and it is about an effort to encourage people to stay here. What would it look like for the next generation or the current generation, let's say Gen Z, to be suicide free? How would the culture be transformed if everyone valued life and no one ever thought about taking their own? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. You may not think of yourself as a courageous world changer, but you are. Sometimes fear rules the day and keeps us from identifying in these ways. But when you step out in faith and decide to take action in the moment, living this day in light of that day, in light of eternity, you change the world. Mornings with Carmen is part of listener-supported Faith Radio. This content is only available because of your support. The impact on people's lives, the reach around the world, it all happens because you stand up to make a difference. Now is your time, so take the next step and be bold by joining the support team. Click the link in the show notes or go to MyFaithRadio.com and make this day count for that day. Mark Terman is here. Uh, He lives in Dallas, Texas. I don't know if he has a cowboy name or not. Do you have a cowboy name, Mark? (laughs) Not one that my wife would let me tell you. We're going to talk later today with John Erickson, who uh, is the author of the Hank the Cowdog series, which is so beloved in our family. And so I'm having cowboy thoughts this morning. And so I thought, you know, he's in Texas. Maybe he owns a pair of ropers and, you know, maybe he has a cowboy name. If so, I felt like I needed to know it. So there you go. Um, this is Suicide uh, Awareness and Suicide Prevention Month. And this is actually Suicide Prevention Week. And so I thought that we would um, we would highlight the conversation that you had on a recent podcast with Jacob. Is it Coine or Coin? How do I pronounce his name? It's Coin. Yeah, just like Coin. just like uh, coins in your pocket. Yep. Yeah. Founder of Stay Here. So what? Uh, so who is uh, who is Jacob? And what did you learn about Stay Here? And what do you want to say to us today about um, suicide prevention? Well, the first thing I just want to say to everybody is that God loves you, and God created you for a relationship with him for all eternity, and he loves you and wants you to stay here and to be in relationship with him and with others. And if you're struggling with that, we would encourage you to reach out. Call 988, the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Call uh, a friend, a family member. Call a pastor. uh, Walk into a church. uh, Do whatever you need to do to get someone to engage with you and help because you matter. You're you're an image bearer of God. You are made in his image and loved deeply by him. Uh, Jacob Coyne is a young man in his early 30s with an incredible story. Uh, he came to faith in a rather dramatic way that he describes in our conversation uh, when he was 16 and then felt called into ministry, started doing uh, ministry with students uh, in a church and also in a Christian school, and then uh, very quickly lost 
three people, uh, his uncle and two students in his student ministry, all to suicide. And they all happened in a relatively uh, close number of months and just really sent him into a deep place of despair and of brokenness. And out of that, uh, God birthed in him a real passion for suicide prevention. And he began just studying and working on this very diligently and then created a ministry that is called stayhere.live. And a part of that ministry, along with his brother, uh, they created a 40-minute training, uh, basic training program so that we could be equipped to help people that we may encounter who are struggling with suicidal thoughts and ideation. Uh, and the, the number 40 here is significant, Carmen. We know that 40 is a significant number in the Bible. Jesus was in the wilderness for uh, for 40 days praying and fasting. We know that the children of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years and that number is particularly significant. Uh, if you're a football fan, uh, which there's a tie into the NFL, you know that the play clock is 40 seconds long. The team has 40 seconds to run its next play. But uh, Jacob and his brother picked up on that idea because in our world today, every 40 seconds, someone commits suicide. So if you think about that, just in the few minutes that you and I have been talking this morning, how many people have stepped away from their lives because they were so much in a place of despair and brokenness that they didn't see a reason to continue. And we just have to know that that thought process that leads people to that decision is straight from the pit of hell. The devil wants to still kill and destroy everything great and good that God creates. And mostly at the top of that are human beings he tries to keep them from being born, and he tries to stop them from living every way that he can, and despair is one of his biggest tools. So um, first of all, let me just repeat what Mark said. If you um, are having suicidal thoughts, we encourage you to call or text 988 right now. Um, you can um, you can be in a conversation immediately with uh with someone who is going to encourage you to stay here and is going to help you see um, hope and positive reasons why your your life is valuable. You are created in the image of God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your life is precious. It is a precious gift. And um, they may not feel like that right now, but your feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. And so we want to remind you that you're loved and you're valuable um, and and there is hope. You may not see it right now, but there is hope. Um, when um, when you were talking um, uh, with Jason about this, I'm I'm wondering if there were things that that he said, or Jacob. I'm sorry, not Jason. Jacob, um, there, that he said that you thought, you know, that's surprising. That's that's something that I hadn't thought I was going to hear today. Well, one of the things that is surprising about this is just how young Jacob is, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, how this whole idea of Gen Z, uh, Gen Z is basically those in our uh, culture today that are basically between the ages of 10 and 25. Uh, Those numbers are not hard and fast, but that's basically kind of how this generation is framed in that 15-year time span. And what we're seeing is not only uh, an, an increase, an alarming increase in suicide attempts and suicide uh, events, 
uh, across our culture, but particularly in those that are young, particularly in this Gen Z uh, environment. And that's really what Jacob uh, was spurred on, not only in the loss of his uncle, but in the, the students that he lost in his ministry. And what we're seeing is, is that even though we're quote unquote better connected technologically than we've ever been, uh, we are not connected emotionally, relationally, spiritually in a way that is giving people life and encouragement and uh, and assistance. Uh, you know, my pastor used to say, hey, the world, the technology of the world can make the world a, a neighborhood, but only Jesus can make it a brotherhood. Only Jesus can really teach us how to love each other well, connect with each other deeply, support each other appropriately. Only Jesus is the one that can teach us to do that. And, uh, you know, it's not surprising that in a, a season when suicide uh, is is rising, that people are have also turned away from the Bible. They've turned away from participating in local churches. They've turned away from biblical faith. And I don't think it's a surprise that those two things are related or correlated to each other in some way, uh, because study after study after study shows that people who, you know, uh, humbly pursue faith have more hope. They just do. It's at the very core of what faith is all about. Um, and we would tell them obviously that that faith needs to be in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the only one who died on the cross for our sins and came back to life so that we could live well now and with him for all eternity. Um, we want to speak life. We want to be people who um, advocate for life. This is a, a wonderful opportunity for you to become equipped uh, to um, encourage others uh, to stay here. And so we want to encourage you to check out what is available at stayhere.com live or stay here dot live same word just a different way of pronouncing it um so we want you to check that out we want you to consider doing that training um you could start by uh listening to the conversation that mark had with jacob Coyne, the founder of stay here on the denison forum podcast um, mark as always thank you so much for being here hey thank thanks carmen great to talk with you today yeah likewise Again, um, if you need the suicide hotline, it's just 988. You can also go to 988lifeline.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, I asked Mark, I'll ask you, do you have a cowboy name? I do not have a cowboy name, by the way. It's not, it's not as if I have a secret cowboy name that I'm keeping from you. I'm just curious, do you have a cowboy name? If you do, I'd like to know it. Um, some of my favorite cowboy names are Slim Chance, and um, uh, I like uh, I like people who you know they got they got a name, but then they got they got a name that's like sounds like a cowboy. Might even be a cowboy name. Why am I talking about this? Well, one of my absolute favorite book series, um, you can read it or you can listen to it on audio, is Hank the Cowdog, and we're gonna talk about that next. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.